This podcast is honoured to be recorded on Biripai land. We pay respect to the elders, past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to Inner Light. I am your host, Ali Garrison. As a mentor, alchemist and writer, I am dedicated to illuminating the path of self-discovery and personal transformation. Inner Light is a sanctuary where we foster, encourage and share interdimensional visualizations and discussions that go beyond the surface, ones that nurture the profound connections within yourself and the vast universe with and around you. Welcome to the space where the light within you meets the boundless light of the universe. Hello and welcome to Inner Light Conversations. My name is Ali Garrison and we are here talking with the women who are the essence of living bold, brave and brilliantly. Women who are the visionary leaders in their field and who through their own evolutionary journeys are now sharing gifts from their hearts and creating magic in other people's lives. I am absolutely honoured to be speaking to a lovely woman who I have had the pleasure of knowing for a few years now and I have watched her grow into an incredible uh, shining light in her industry and in her life also as she blushes <laughs> and I'm speaking with Jackie from Rosewood Wild Therapy. Now Jackie certainly is a visionary leader in education and allied health. She is an incredible woman who is pushing boundaries and systems to create the spaces where every child and adult can truly feel valued, safe, heard, and most importantly, thrive. Isn't that right, Jackie? Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Ali. That was lovely. <laughs> it's a truth. It's the truth. So please share with our listeners uh, your journey and what it is that your vision is for this beautiful creation that you, you're not just going to create you've already created it and it's uh it's evolving every week isn't it yes yeah very very quickly it's, it's very exciting um yeah so I, i've been in early childhood education for the last decade or so um and was always very drawn to working within nature and outdoors um i had children and as i went along that journey um we ended up going down the path of um both our children being diagnosed with autism uh, and then later on myself. Um, and so I was always drawn to creating a space that would suit them. Um, I guess from seeing that they struggled to fit uh, in some of the spaces in the world. Um, and so, yeah, I guess from watching them and learning from them, it, it gave me the idea to do different things and to know that, not every child needs the same thing or not, you know, not one system is going to fit one child uh, or adult. Um, and so I always had that strong sense of justice of needing to try and provide um, what a child needed in, in whatever setting I was in, whether I could do that or not was, was another um, thing, but I was always trying to. Um, and so uh, about two years ago, like right about now, um, I think I had a moment where I just realized there was something missing. 
I love my I love my role. I was working outdoors with preschool children every day and was very lucky to do that. Um, but there was just there was something missing within me and I knew that I wanted to provide a space for um, autistic children and, and mainly autistic young girls because I saw myself in them um, and wondered, you know, how, how can I give back and help these girls the way that the women mm. around me give to me? Wonderful. Um, and so I had the idea after speaking to you, Ali, one day um, of, I still, I will never forget the conversation where you're saying. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. If you could do one thing, what would it be? Like, what would make you happy? What's that thing you would do? Um, because I felt burnt out in my my previous role that I loved, but a, I was done there. Um, I remember saying to you, oh, I do like a social group, just like an outdoor social group for teenage girls, just like one afternoon a week, just one afternoon. Um, and then, yeah, you said, no, quit your job. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I said that. I think I said, I think you want to follow your heart. I think you said, um, yes, all those beautiful things, follow your heart. I'll mull on it for a few weeks. Don't Marinate, go. Yeah. Marinate. Um, and I think that night I went home to um, my husband at the time and said, got this idea. <laughs> I think I want to quit my full-time job. Um, and then... I think probably the next day I said to um, one of my best friends who is now my colleague, I've got this idea <laughs> and I need your buy-in and she was in. And so I think, yeah, within a few weeks, we had the plans for a full-time pediatric OT practice outdoors. Um, you know, nature-based was where I have come from, but it's grown into something more. So um, oh, it certainly it was- has. Yeah, it was working with you and doing the work on myself um, and believing in what I could do and, and that I was here to do that and like that it was going to work because that's that's this is what I'm here to do. This is what is needed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, obviously there's, there's a bit of faith that goes along with that. Um, but then, yeah, having someone like you in my corner and still even just the other day saying, no, this is, you can do this. You don't have to, but you can do this. It's there for you. Like, oh, yeah, no, okay, yeah, no, right, I'll do that then. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's such a great uh, sentence. You you know, you don't have to do this, mm. but, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. And uh, and and I think that, you know, thank you for, sh- for sharing your kind words, but I, I, I also just always say to, to you or reflect to anyone, you're the one that's got to walk the walk. It's your courage. It's your uncomfortable feeling that you're leaning into. Mm. But I wonder when you look back now, you know, you must celebrate the courage that it took for you to follow this dream, which is now a reality, which is making incredible differences in not only the children's lives, but the the families of the children as these children gain the nurturing and, and the freedom of being out in nature where they feel so at home and they're learning new skills and life skills and things like this you must be quite proud of of the Jackie who had the courage to to lean into that space Mm, yeah well she's done a lot the last 18 months (laughs) um yes definitely Uh, admittedly I think I do definitely a lot of personal work on myself 
uh, and there is still no getting rid of that tiny part of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, it does sit in the back there always going, uh, yeah, but it's just you, like you can't do that. So there's always that dialogue in the back. Um, and I forget how far down the rabbit hole I am too sometimes. I just am I'm adjusting to because things are changing so quickly and growing so much all the time. And it seems now if I get an idea or I get a thought, I'm like, well, I'm going to do that. And it just, oh, there it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's happening. Um, so I think when things move like that, I get lost in that. And so it's really important. I, I try to bring myself back sometimes and look around and go, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, mm. we've done a lot. And yeah, sometimes it takes me, my staff saying that to me or the families that come in that thank you so much. This is, space is amazing because, you know, I'll be, always be the first one to, um, you know, advocate for my staff and my families and, and support them and um yeah so but it's then sometimes them turning around going like you you know you did that right and (laughs) yeah 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 but but like I'm just Jackie Mm. no you're so much more exactly Um, so important yeah yeah but it's so easy to forget and it seems ridiculous to say it like that because I guess I know that people look to me and go oh you've got it together or like that narrative Mm -hmm well no um but yeah working working on myself all the time and so feeling okay about yeah I guess how I'm working through things Mm, I'm definitely a different Jackie to a few years ago Mm. um and even though I know like we like we started working together like what four four Mm, five years ago yeah probably and so many times I've come to you and done work in project and then moved away, like different life things have happened. Mm-hmm. And each time I come back a little bit more ready and like, I'm mm-hmm. ready, Ali, I'm ready to do And I'll do something a little bit more and more. And then, yeah, definitely this last period of coming back feels different. Mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, there's been growth. I know, yeah, there's just actually been that mindset shift that, I know that um, I've been needing to do and, and you've been trying to support me through it, the work in, in the transformation project um, over my time there. And yeah, I think that, I think that helps um, in reflecting on everything. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Thank you. I, I sort of always say about how he, healing is helix. Mm. okay it's it's if you look at a helix which if you don't know what a helix is have and you're Mm. listening to this podcast google it and it'll it'll be heaps easier for you but it basically is like a cone but so you're going around you're always going to come back to different facets where you go oh I've done this again oh I've gone back into this pattern Mm. but what you're actually doing is in the helix you're actually coming in closer and closer each time you come back around and that closer place that you're getting to is your true self your true north as I like to call it Mm. and so you know you might come back around to what I you know I've always because I didn't really know about the imposter syndrome I didn't even know that expression existed and Stacey and I often laugh about this because she says something and I go I don't know what you mean but I call it something else you know because I'm you know just in a different 
different space. And um, so I call it the unwanted guest. But the unwanted guest starts sitting on your lap while you're trying to drive the car. And then eventually it sits in the passenger seat. And then eventually it sits in the back seat. Then eventually you've got like this limousine and you've got it right or the, or the Hummer or the, the school bus and you've put it right up the back seat. And so you know it's there, but each time it has less dominance in your everyday existence. But I think it's such an important thing that we can actually acknowledge whether you want to call it imposter syndrome or an unwanted guest or whatever. Mm. But we know it's always going to be there a little bit, mm. but it's just whether it's sitting on your lap telling you how to drive Mm. passenger seat back seat or up the back of the bus it's you know it, mm. it, it's you become comfortable with it to the point where you're just listening listening to it but not actually engaging with it so mm. I think that's really it's really interesting that you're able to view it um and you you know we're constantly working on that aren't we as mm. we as we move so may I ask you in your vision of how Rosewood is growing so quickly because You've obviously tapped into in your heart your belief and your knowing of what is required. You know, mm. there's a real need for what you're doing and you can see that by, you know, the way the business is flourishing and the staff that you're putting on and the fact that you're really stepping into what you're creating is what is required. How mm. does that feel for you And as you watch your staff, you know, numbers in, increase and the amount of children that you can accommodate and the joy that you see in the families of these kids and, and the kids themselves. Mm. Um, surreal. <laughs> um, but just normal. Um, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We've got some background noise. That's the fun of the podcast, isn't it? That they're real. We aren't in a professional, you know, trying to make this all bells and whistles. We're two women here having a conversation about real life. Sorry, YouTube. YouTube bounced up. Not a problem. <laughs> um, thank you, Ali. Um, it, it feels surreal um, that uh, this place, this thing that I've created, and I, I get uncomfortable saying that I've created it because well, I had an idea but an absolute community have come together to create it and mm. I would not I would not have done it um <laughs> so there it goes again thank you I would not have done it um if it, if I didn't have the help of all the family and the friends yeah. um that have come along the way the people that believed in it mm -hmm. um believed in my vision the staff and colleagues and friends that have just bled for Rosewood basically in the beginning mm. um, because it was hard work. And mm. I think, to be honest, I remember reflecting on this, um, the, the first three months of setting it up um, because I finished at my old role Christmas Eve or we had Christmas Day off and then we started building from mm, I remember Boxing Day and it was so old Rosewood, we're at a new location now, but old Rosewood was... It was like two and a half acres outdoors. We fully fenced it off so that any child could come and be safe. Um, we turned a horse shed into a therapy room. Um, like Which may was, I just add was an incredible looking therapy room. It was divine. I miss my green walls. I'm going to recreate it. 
Um, but it was hard work. And I think the plan we had in the beginning grew a lot mm. along the way and changed. And so we would just continue working and we would sort of get to one point and then it would extend and extend and it just kept going for three months. I think if, if I had known the beginning how hard it would be, <laughs> I don't know if I would have done it. Yeah, or true. Would, you know, like I really would have been pushed to do it um, because it was hard. And so it was not only hard for me, it was hard for my now, um, the, my husband at the time, for my dad, my friends, everyone stepped in and helped. Um, and then so many have stepped in and helped um, since I've had to move locations. The relocation, yeah. Relocation yeah. about five months ago now. Yeah. Um, that was a big mission to move a practice and 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 turn it around and be open again in three weeks. Which is a credit to the amount of support and belief of those around you, but also of yourself. And I think this is what's so beautiful about these conversations that we're having with real women Mm. is the fact that there are those times, and you know that I'm very vocal and open about my own life. And, you know, I've had many fetal positions where I've been laying on the floor in fetal position, you know, um, broken thinking, I can't do this anymore. And there's something inside of you that just goes, yes, you can. Mm. And, and that's what we're all about, like saying to women, we hear you, we value you, we we know it's not easy. And as I say, life's, you know, not easy, but it doesn't have to be hard. Mm. And that's the village that I love to talk about, the village system. You're talking about, you know, all of the family and the friends, like the village created that. But someone has to be able to lean into the vision and begin to guide that vision, which is what you're so good at doing. May you, may I ask that you just share a little bit um, because, you know, I don't sort of want to take up too much of your time, but so someone that doesn't know Rosewood, someone that has no idea of what's going on out there, um, could you please share with them what, what you do with these beautiful children and how that looks for you? I will. Can I just come back to what we were talking about before quickly, though? Mm, definitely with the community and leaning into the vision I think as women um, it can be really hard to accept help mm, and I point this is um, something that I had to work through and uh, like today every day still every day um, it was really hard for me to accept the help even though like I'm doing the work on myself, I'm working with you. I had your help there. I had you there to help me, talk me through that. Um, it was extremely uncomfortable. Even I had no choice. It was you get the help to move the practice because the practice needs moving and you get the help from everyone or, or you don't have Rosewood. Yeah. Um, and so there wasn't an option and, you know, it, so everyone in my life was very quick to say, yes, but you're the first person to help me or to do this. And mm. like, yes, no, I know. It, all those things make sense. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, there's just something uh, as a mother, as a woman, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not just, maybe it's just me. Um, oh, no, I, I completely feel- agree with you because you know yeah. it's a topic that, you know, gets discussed yeah. often. And that's what you maybe yeah. But I I thought of it just before because leaning to in and into uncomfortable spaces, um, I would happily um, 
work myself into the ground for anyone else and not think twice. And mm. I would um, happily recreate Rosewood and move it all myself. If it took six months, I would do it. Mm. I would do the hard labor by myself far more comfortably than getting all the help and turning it around mm. in three weeks. Mm. My bank account couldn't do that. I couldn't do that with my children, but that's the level of uncomfortability that it was so yeah I guess that's I just wanted to highlight that that it's mm -hmm. um sometimes that's the hardest thing and but what how you helped me through it was you know saying things like well if I don't get the help Rosewood closes and what does that look like mm -hmm. and very sad for me um but it stops a service to the community and it stops it stops a service to all the children and families that loved it and had become part of my family through it. And so then it made it a bit easier because it was like, um, I'm not doing this thing for myself. This is not a, this is not a selfish thing. No. This is my business and I want it moved. This is like, I've got to do this work. Like it's uncomfortable. You've got to ask for help because it's your business, but you've got to do it because this has to be here. So yeah, that was. I just, thank you so much. If you, if, podcast listeners, if you could see my smile at the moment, it's huge. I just love watching Jackie be able to step into the power of who she is and and what her vision is. And I just thank you so much for sharing that because there'd be a lot of women who and men who are listening to this who know that they won't ask for help. And uh, I know, I, I know, I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't, I'm still a recovering asking for help person. Uh, I don't always, I don't always easily do it. I think it, the thing that it comes down to, and uh, full transparency from me and and anyone that works with me knows I'm very honest about my life. Is there are many times I think when you do have a passion and a vision, and you are a visionary leader in what you're doing, because you are out there when no one else has been there's often times that you think, no, I can't do it anymore. But then when you stop and think, well, how does it feel like if I stop, mm. that straight away ignites your passion back up and you go, I can't, I have to keep going. It's it's not a push. It's it's this passion that is just, you know, helping you to break into ground that no one's ever gone before. Someone's got to go first. And so when you go first, it's sort of sometimes can get a little bit, a little bit lonely and a little bit hard. So, yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that and highlighting that. I really appreciate it. So as we begin to wrap up, just mm. please share with someone who doesn't know uh, what the wonderful things that you are doing out there so that they can sort of use their imagination a little bit and, and picture that. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably good. We talk about the business, I suppose. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so after I had my idea and we had our session, Ali, um, I ended up creating Rosewood Wild Therapy. Um, so I partnered with one of my best friends who is an occupational therapist um, because I'm not, I've got an education background. Um, but yeah, I had just, I've done so much work with um, working with children outdoors and in nature and had seen the benefit of it for the children um, and adults, I saw I saw a big change in in staff. I mean, the staff that I worked with um, when I was in my fully outdoor role prior to this business, um, we all definitely had a, a similar way of being. Um, and then in previous roles, I had worked in preschools where I would um, take children 
out of the preschool and into nature spaces. And so I would take staff with me as well. And there was a very big shift from uh, staff's views of what I was doing and and um, within themselves um, once they started going out into the bush with me and seeing what we did and understanding it and, and just having that time in nature. Um, so I guess I've, yeah, definitely always, I love taking children out there, but after seeing that, I've always been an advocate for staff working outdoors as well. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, from my experience and um, my friend's OT knowledge, we made rosewood and yeah, it's grown from like half a day, one day to um, being open four days a week, all day. Incredible. Um, yeah. So it's gone, it's grown quite a bit um, and, and quickly too, um, but sustainably, you know, I've made sure that it hasn't grown too quickly because I don't want to dilute what we do out there. Um, it's really important to me that every child and every family that comes there feels a sense of belonging and a sense of safety there. And um, yes, yeah, so, I, so I, I keep it manageable. And for my staff too, I want to keep them safe. I don't want them to burn out. I want them to enjoy coming to work every day because if they're happy, then everything else is great. Um, so what I do is outdoors and nature based but it, uh it's really around um the choice of the child as well um risky play i'm a big advocate for so um what does I, that mean to someone who doesn't understand that yeah. oh so that it's different for every person and every child and something um there's a term in the disability world it's dignity of risk so the right for um every person usually the term is, is around vulnerable people or, or people with a disability um, but the right to take risks and learn how to manage them and sometimes it might not end well and that's okay that's all part of taking risks and and learning through that um, so I like to I like to work through that um, because every child is capable in their own different way um, but how how can we know that? How can they know that if we don't give them that opportunity? So allowing um, them to have that courage to try something new yeah. that they may not feel quite, you know, mm. knowing what the outcome's going to be, but they're safe and they're nurtured and they're supported the whole time. Yes. And that's, we have a risky environment, but it's managed risk. Um, yeah. you know, and we manage that with the space, with the staff being trained. We, we know our clients. You know, I'm not going to get someone that I don't know well enough and give them a hammer. You no. know, we get to know them and we and we form a connection and so we know where they're at and what their needs are on any day. And um, so, yeah, each we usually do, we'll sometimes do um, small social groups or we'll more than likely we do individual sessions one-on-one. Mm -hmm. um, each child, I like them to have the, obviously the same therapist every week um, because part of, what we do like it's the connection is important right the connection the relationship that's what forms um i guess a successful um experience for them just like in education uh, a child who's dysregulated or doesn't feel safe isn't going to learn anything and the same with us for a child that doesn't feel safe there is not going to be any therapeutic benefits no. 
No, they're going to shut down. Yeah. So you do lots of textual play, textual interaction, you know, with nature, with, you know, creations. And I know one of the things I, I was lucky enough to see was the cubby house that was created by by the actual uh, children, you know, under supervision. But it was incredible to watch their ability and what they what they created. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you've got animals out there as well, a therapy dog, which mm-hmm. is gorgeous, by the way. I have had the pleasure of meeting. Mm. Um, it looks different for every child. So the way we work is um, for our occupational therapy clients because um, we are branching out into different things like nature play mm-hmm. and, and different programs. Um, but for our occupational therapy clients, they are assessed by our occupational therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually we might have an OT or we've got an OT assistant working who will, who will deliver the plan for them. But yeah, usually they'll do an hour each week um, and their session will be made up of, um, you know, a couple of things that we need to get them to work through, which may be body movement. It may be working um through emotions, through theory of mind stuff, thinking about, um, yeah, how to engage in different um, situations. It's Mm -hmm. so different for every child. Um, But it's got to be fluid and flexible um, because, you know, so much of life and so much of these children's life is, um, well, everything's just spelled out, right? And so... I don't have choice. I don't have autonomy. I have to think. I don't get to think what I think is not valuable or valid. And so, yeah, like I might have a plan, but if a child comes in after um, and they've had a a really bad day at school or something's happened, um, I'm not going to go with that plan. We might sit around the fire for an hour. Love that. Yeah. So, generally we might have a couple of things planned and and then we get their plan from them and we like to break we like to break up the session so a bit of my choice bit of your choice Mm. um but I mean there's therapy and everything we do out there um but yeah so it might be we've got a couple of indoor spaces in we've got big bell tents that are set up um yeah just so there's comfortable spaces because um yes we're outdoors but it's not survivalist and I want people to I want children and people to feel comfortable and safe. And if it's a rainy day and you've had a bad experience Mm. with a thunderstorm, you're going to feel safe outdoors. You're not going to put them in that situation. So we've got spaces where they can feel safe and comfortable. Um, We've got a massive mud kitchen area, uh, climbing nets, slack line for balancing on. Um, We've got a whole building area where they've got access to Um, lots of different hand tools so real tools hand saws hand drills Um, I usually bring when I'm there I bring my power tools in and I can use the electric sander and I've got one friend that just loves doing the mowing and using the whippersnipper and I mean there's so much sensory input in that but um, I mean and I don't mind it (laughs) (laughs) that's so satisfying and validating because I mean with with all of it these children feel like Oh, this adult trusts me. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that so important? Yeah, it's so important. Thank you so much for giving um, our listeners a, a visualisation of what is out there. In all honesty, um, I think you've got to see it to truly, truly appreciate the incredible love 
the vision, the intent that has been placed within this creation of yours. And, you know, it really is a creation. It's, it's, it's your dream come true through your, you know, uh, your courage and your leaning into those uncomfortable areas. And as you've shared with our, um, our listeners today, you know, knowing that it's uncomfortable to ask for help but being able to step into that and, and you know, and as I say to everyone, you know, you just step in, put your toe in the water, ask, you know, just a little bit and then you get used to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I cannot thank you enough for sitting here and, and having a discussion with me and sharing your story and how your own life and, and doing your own uh, insp- inspirational evolution is now allowing you to share such an incredible gift with the world. Uh, you really are, I, I see, as a, a visionary leader of education. Although may I say to our listeners, Jackie always looks a little bit uncomfortable when I say that, but she's getting more and more comfortable with it, aren't you? Because you really are. You are this visionary leader. You are going, hey, let's do this differently. These kids need something different. And uh, I always look at education and see it as so many so many things in the world have changed and uh it's time for us to really look at well how are we how are we bringing our little people into their education and giving Mm -hmm. them that play so thank you so much for for sharing space with us um now you know please jump in if you need to but i you know if anybody's looking uh to contact Jackie wanting to know more about Rosewood Wild Therapy. She has a couple of ways that they can um, can contact. One is through, of course, Rosewood Wild Therapy website, which is rosewoodwildtherapy.com. Have you got an AU on the end of yours? No, just .com. I thought it was just that. And I'll put them all in the links as well down below so you'll be able to jump on there. She's also got uh, Instagram, which I know that that's another area that we can often talk about leaning into uncomfortable areas of ourselves and growing into <laughs> <laughs> into that <laughs> yes Jackie and I've had a few conversations about oh, that. Yeah. Uh, and have I got the, the the two they're the two main ways to uh, and our Facebook page oh of course sorry I've got the Facebook yeah. page yeah Rosewood yeah. Wild Therapy so yeah. you know thank you so much and to our listeners if what Jackie has spoken to you about today resonates please um please make a comment or, of course, reach out to Jackie and the wonderful team that she has out there. They're all so caring and loving and nurturing. And I can guarantee you, your child and yourself and your entire family will gain the ripple effect of what she is creating out there. Thanks, Ali. That's lovely. <laughs> it's an absolute honour. Thanks so much for listening. And we will be back next week with another visionary leader. Are you ready to change your life? Explore Ali Garrison's life-changing program, The Transformation Project. Since 2019, it has empowered women globally to transcend their limitations, unlock their true potential, and create lives of deep fulfillment, purpose, and success, both personally and professionally. Discover more now at AliGarrison.com. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 